I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. This episode of Spaces Podcast is supported by Twin Motion, the simple real-time rendering solution to create high-quality imagery, client presentations, and interactive experiences that help communicate your design ideas fast. Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Hi, guys. And you are listening to Spaces Podcast Express. Thank you for coming back, everybody. Jason, we had a a brief little break that we had to take because there's some stuff that needed to be taken care of. So thank you to the listeners for your patience. We're back at it now. But while we were, I think it was like, right after we put out our last episode before we took our brief break mark zuckerberg and facebook had announced had done this sort of rollout promotion of i think it's a soft a software i guess would be the way you would describe it um that they're gonna attach to facebook as a company and they're really committing to something called the metaverse Uh oh (laughs) Have you, are you familiar with the metaverse? No, but having to do with Zuck, I'm a little uh, uh, <laughs> worried already. <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to find like a, a clean definition. So what it says is the metaverse is a network of always on virtual environments in which people can interact with one another on digital objects while operating virtual representation or avatars of themselves. Uh, so it's basically this constant running virtual universe. Yeah. That's just running, running in parallel. What was that movie that, um, 
I want to say it was with Bruce Willis, where they had like a character, like the people that were actually out in the world weren't them. They were sitting back in a room, like wired to this whole thing, like living a life through their like avatar, better self almost. Yeah, that's what it. God, what was the movie of Bruce Willis? I want to say it was Bruce Willis. I don't know, but it reminded me of this other movie that I recently saw on uh, on Amazon. Don't run out to see this. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but it was called 2047 Virtual Revolution. And it was interesting. The The premise is, I can't remember the exact percentage, but I, I want to say it was like only 30% of the people in the world at this time were really engaged in the real world. And everyone else was fully immersed in this virtual environment where you go and you just stay on and play as your avatar and run around. It was all corporate run. And, uh, and then there's this, uh, rebellious group that wanted to take down the system and destroy everything to free everybody from the, the virtual world. Scary. Yeah, it was crazy. So with this announcement from Zuckerberg, and I was looking at it, and this has already been kind of going on for a while. He had mentioned it to his uh, employees in January of 2020. And uh, there was another company that has been around for a while, but they were previously doing this for uh, just for corporations that had remote employees. Okay. This company is called Spatial, where they um, they do the same thing. And they have like these virtual environments and you join these rooms with avatar and you have your HoloLens uh, headset on walking around in this room. uh, You can interact with objects and people. This is going to go bad. It's going (laughs) to go really bad. The movie, I looked it up. The movie's called surrogates. Oh, I don't think I ever saw that. 2009 surrogates. You should check it out. It's, it's not virtual per se, but it's like there's a almost like a robotic version of yourself or whatever that's living through your thoughts and whatever as you're plugged into this whole thing through the computer or something like that. I, I don't remember specifically. It was a while ago. Yeah. Okay. You're showing me spatial here. Yeah. I just feel like this is going to be so bad. Like, here, here's an interesting theory, right? Uh-huh. So you look at um, my wife and I were talking about like how all these people are getting all this Botox done. <laughs> uh-huh. Her and I were talking about it, but then some social media person was talking about it and like, Oh, they were, they were doing filters. Like on the phone, right? And the guy's sitting there listening. I was listening to a podcast. This guy by the name of uh, Andy Stump, who's an ex, uh, uh, I think, Navy SEAL. Um, and he's got a podcast called Cleared Hot, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's talking about, he's sitting there with his daughter. And his daughter was like showing him all these things on the phone. Like, oh, you do this filter to make yourself look better. You do this filter to change this. You do this filter to change this. And he's like, what's wrong with you now? You know what I mean? Like as <laughs> yeah. a dad, right? Yeah. And so and my wife and I talked about this, like there's so much of this stuff out there. It's so freaky because people aren't okay with who they are, right? Like it's, it's they see all the imperfections, which we all have imperfections. Mm. But then you get into a world like this and you're like, okay, is this a portrayed image of yourself that you want to look like? Like, yeah. where are we going from here? You know, like it's not, it's, I don't think it's healthy. Yeah. You know, I guess that's a question. I mean, that's an opinion, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that's a really good question for a lot of people. Like, is this really the direction you want to go? Like, yeah you know now you're really getting into interactions that are completely superficial yeah it's scary in that sense but on the other side of how freeing it can be uh you're working right now from home and Uh you have your beautiful backyard 
pool behind you, mm-hmm. being able to work from anywhere in the world, and you just link into these virtual environments and get your work done, and then you're out, and it's it it almost kind of feels more real because you can see people next to you. You can people talk about how they like fist bump and and say hi to each other and stuff. But it's I, not real. Like even like even look at this right like Zoom. Yeah. Like, like Zoom to me isn't that bad because, you know, granted, I know everybody's like, you know, I could be wearing no shorts right now or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. But at least I'm seeing your face, like the real you, you yeah. know, and maybe it's not some dolled up version for the guys or the gals that would do that type of thing, mm-hmm. but at least you're interacting. And I think you've seen that degradation happen where people don't turn on their video screen, yeah. right? And I'm like, but the idea of what it was set up to be was perfect. Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, I don't, I don't need a fist bump. I can do it right now, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure there's filters on here too. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like all that. It's just what, what happened to like, you're taking the real out of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you're taking the real life, what's tactically real. You're removing that. And I don't know how that's a good thing. Yeah. Because we can do, like to your point, I can do remote from anywhere these days. Almost anywhere. Like we were just talking about needing a blueprint measuring program for me, right? But I can, it doesn't matter where I am anymore. I could totally log in. I can do my emails. I can get into the systems. I can, you know, interact with you like this, direct back and forth. Mm-hmm. Why does it have to be fake? What's it, like, <laughs> what, like, what's wrong with what we're doing right now? You could share a screen and blue, like, like spreadsheets and everything else right now, right? You could, you just did it, right? You could easily do that. What's the difference? Well, the argument that people are making is that it feels more engaging to be able to to feel like you're in a space. And I heard that, um, I, I don't know if it's spatial for sure, but somebody was that used one of these programs was mm-hmm. telling me about their experience of walking through like a virtual uh, architectural studio. And as you're walking through, you can hear voices off in the distance. And as you're getting closer, the voices get louder. So there's this real sort of spatial audio yeah so you kind of feel like you're in a space so mentally it it's more engaging i think than a zoom you've been on zoom chats where there's like 10 people and everybody's talking over each other and oh wait uh and stopping it it's like a nightmare (laughs) totally i mean and and i want to throw this out there too um zoom is way better than microsoft teams just so we're clear um (laughs) microsoft teams is a nightmare i don't know if you've used it yet I have, but I haven't had a terrible experience. It's with just, it. In comparison, I think the format Zoom is so much better. But yeah. um, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. I get that, but it's not real. And I yeah. think what's scary is I feel like it's one of those steps where people are going to replace reality with that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're already doing it with like VR. Like, you know, we're, we've got a, you know, we're, we're old, right? So we've got a PlayStation 4. I guess that's not the new one, but <laughs> my son's playing this and it looks amazing and so realistic, right? And it's like, like how many more steps are we going to take in that before it's like people are like, eh, I don't really need to interact with anybody anymore. That's the metaverse. I, I, which is scary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it could lead to so many other things and you lose the true essence, I think, of what makes people different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like th- there's nothing wrong with like kind of like going back to that discussion about it. It's like, what's wrong with like just a regular picture of you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Throw the warm filter on it so you don't look like a corpse because pictures do that to you. I get that. Yeah. But beyond that, like, why does it like, I mean, dude, I laugh. Like you look at the the ones on Instagram and stuff where you look at these people where their face looks like completely blurred out because yeah. they're trying to like, it's just like, do you look fake? <laughs> but, but that, but then it makes sense then because that's the direction it's going. Yeah. Right. I don't, man, I don't know. I, uh... 
We're gonna take a quick break to share a little bit more about our sponsors. Let's talk ArcViz technology. Powered by the near limitless Unreal Engine, our friends at Twinmotion offer a fast and easy way to produce stunning real-time visualizations and immersive experiences for your clients. Twinmotion gives you the tools you need to make faster decisions and relay information to your clients in a way that instantly speaks to them. Breathe life into your scene by changing the season, the weather, the time of day, just by moving a slider, immersing your client in a way that they'll love and more importantly, be able to truly picture themselves in. Why not share your design with stakeholders in collaborative reviews and edit your scene together? There's no better way to get buy-in than by making your clients feel part of the development process. Right now, they're running an exclusive free trial, which you can head to twinmotion.link slash spaces to get your hands on. That's twinmotion.link slash spaces. So spatially, what will happen then spatially in the real world if, I mean, I foresee that this is going to take off, this metaverse. Yeah, so what then happens like office space virtually goes away for the most part yeah. it becomes it becomes like these hubs where if you have to meet in person for something specific yeah. then maybe that happens but regular office space well like i guess you could pair this with the last discussion we had with uh with the gal that was on with us before uh last last time Mm-hmm. But what she was talking about when they when they measured it out, they were still people still wanted to come and have in person meetings. Oh, and it was oh, like Evelyn, Evelyn. Okay, sorry, Evelyn. So yeah. listening to the, what she was saying, it's like no people still want to come back and engage, right? Mm-hmm. Which I'm I'm happy about, but mm-hmm. and and it maybe it doesn't need to be the degree that we had once before. And I think we're going to see it. Honestly, I think we need the older generation to cycle out mm-hmm. before a lot of that is is like like mandatory in person is 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 necessary. Mm-hmm. That, that older generation has to get out because they're the ones that are driving like you have to be here right yeah. and because that's what they know and that's what they grew up on and that's what they want right yeah um so they need to get out of the way <laughs> like that's kind of the idea yeah. um and i think this next cycle will do that for most of them but but i think there's a desire remember that movie like i robot with uh, will smith yeah so talked about the rope do you remember the situation of the robots where it's like they were all in like the, the containers and stuff like that but then you huh. would see and they supposedly don't feel don't this and that whatever but what happened is they would all still huddled together because they craved like interaction and social interaction. Like I think people are still that way mm-hmm. to where they're still going to want to get together. And, and, and I don't care how good spatial is, or you can't really see and feel the same emotions and reactions mm-hmm. until you're live and in person. So I do think there's going to be a big change to where, you know, I, if I was to snap my fingers and run something right now, I don't really care if you're in office or not, but 40% of the time, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to be there because we're going to have to talk about things. And I want to get your reactions to things and see where we're going. Right. Mm-hmm. But technologically, you know, whether it's through a spatial thing or something like that, we can all get so much done on our own that it's not necessary. To, there's some positions you don't have a choice, right? Yeah. Like, but, um, you know, like logistics and stuff like that, like clearly you have to be there, but a lot of stuff you don't have to, but I still, a lot of people still want to get together though. I think our, um, reality, our, our real spatial design, uh, in the real world will become much more, uh, community driven to where, homes are going to spread out uh so we'll be building further further away from urban centers and Mm -hmm. 
there'll be these pods essentially of, you know, you have your network of friends around you and you guys all go to that same office space to use the, the conference room and yep. things um, yep. that you have to have. And yep. that's kind of your community that you end up really engaging with and getting that satisfaction from. Yeah. But then you go back home and then you get all your work done in this virtual world. I, I wonder, I wonder if it's companies like, and I may have these wrong, but like we work, I think we're some of those ones where yeah. they had like the, the rental spaces, right? Like you would rent them by the hour, let's say, or whatever. Yeah. You almost wonder if they didn't miss it by a solid year and a half because of the, the shutdown. Right. Because ideally I think that's the kind of thing you're going to look at going forward. Maybe not next year, maybe not next two years or three years, but as that generation sweep changes, where it's like, look, I just need a conference room. You know what I mean? A couple of times a week. Mm-hmm. have different team meetings and that kind of stuff and those types of buildings would work what is interesting though is the the commercial real estate space and what's yeah. going to happen right and so i think one of two things is going to one i still think people have a lot of ego and they're going to want to have a big building like i just you know they want their name up on the top and we're talking yeah. about the one percent or whatever it is and that's fine mm-hmm. but i still think there's going to be desire for that to a certain degree but at the second and i mean like right like someone like me i always thought about having that you know rad building and all that kind of stuff <laughs> Yeah. Um, now I don't think it's necessary, right? I just want a warehouse for cars, but <laughs> yeah, but, um, but I think you're going to have, you're going to have a situation where it's going to be smaller spaces and it's going to be in and out. And it's like, um, in, in our offices, we have like cube cubicles, right. Which are kind of more communal. And then there's a couple offices on the outside that you can like jump into now, if you need to take a call or do whatever, it's not necessarily reserved, but maybe you have more of that. You can have a workstation here if you want, like Evelyn was talking about. Yeah. But then you have these meeting rooms and that's it. And you can do it on the, you know, a quarter to a third, the size of the footprint you used to have at one point. Yeah. I mean, I save, you know, and I don't live that far from office. If I don't go into the office, I save an hour a day. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you save an hour a day and that's, and some people it could be two or three Easily. and, and it's just, you look at it and you're like, why would I want to go back? And I was, I'm coming to that realization now. Whereas before I'm like, I need to be back in the office and I need to be back. And I still need to do that. But now you kind of have, at least I, you know, talking from personal experience, you have that feeling like, why do I have to do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? I need it for certain things, but it's not like I have to be there all the time. Right. Yeah. And this enables me so much more freedom from a working standpoint and get up early and work, mm-hmm. make sure I get myself done whenever I want to, as opposed to like wasting a couple hours in the morning before I get to the office to do the work. I mean, that's legit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or. What would happen is I would work anyways and then go to the office and work more. So you're really just getting way more out of me than I probably necessarily need to give, right? Yeah. Don't take that the wrong way, the way that that sounds. But <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you can get the work done whenever you need to. And I'm a six to two or three guy as opposed to a eight to five or a nine to six guy, right? Yeah. I'm far more productive in the earlier mornings of that of the day than I am in the, the later side. And then you save time and I can see yeah. my wife more and my kids more and have some time before I go run to coach, you know, or whatever it is. And yeah, definitely making you rethink things, but I don't know about the virtual thing. I just, <laughs> well, I, it scares me, man. We keep referencing movies. One of the things that pops into my head when I think about this, you know, in a minority report with mm-hmm. Tom Cruise mm-hmm. where uh, he's like, pulling the screen yeah. and and with his hands yeah, yeah just yeah and there were moments where people were trying to create that yeah. in real in real life and it required this whole thing of like sensors in all corners of the room clear room yeah a little too much but when you go into this metaverse world i was just looking oh, yeah. at uh, on spatial they had this wall full of graphics that the team is looking at and i was like oh that would be so cool because sometimes when you're uh working on stuff 
your your brain remembers you using an application where you were swiping things and you think i wish i could just swipe this away or undo what i just drew because it's just gonna take me so much longer to redraw this but to be able to actually do that kind of stuff in this virtual environment would be so cool (laughs) and make things a lot easier i I mean, are we going to get into the part two if everybody's walking around with these headsets in a spatial room? How many people die <laughs> because they fall into whatever, get hit by a car? I don't know. I mean, well, I think you're going to be at home just sitting in your chair. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to see these idiots walking on the highway. <laughs> like, like, what was the one where they're doing some game and they're trying to chase like Pokemons or something? Oh, Pokemon Go. Yeah. yeah. Or whatever. And they're like getting run over by cars because yeah. people are that dumb yeah like they just are so you kind of you're like mm. so yeah. uh, you know so sometimes natural selection at work at work i guess but yeah i don't I don't. it's it's scary dude i i think a lot of things are lost when you don't have in-person interaction when you don't have real interaction mm-hmm. and and i think understandably because of what the times have created and where technology is going our our drive is further and further away from personal interaction right mm-hmm. Because you can, so it's it's like it's like the newest like challenge, right? Like, what can I create? What? How much further can I take this? Which is anything that's normal for humans, I think, right? Like, we always want to do whatever, right? That's kind of why I think the joke is for the Olympics next time. Let's just let these guys hop themselves up on as much drugs as they want and see what's <laughs> truly possible. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, yeah. like that whole other stuff. But that's the idea, right? That's why you do performance enhancing stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, or that's why they do. I don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm not okay with it, but um, but I think. I get the drive to do the new cool thing. I get the drive to be the person that creates it, but it's scary. The direction yeah. it's going. I mean, look at texting, right? I don't like calling people anymore. I would rather text and uh, that's being honest. You know what I mean? Like, and which is so dumb because it's way less efficient. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, it really, really is. Right. Yeah. And that's less interaction. You know yeah. what I mean? Like less true personal interaction. And so all of that keeps going that direction. And I just don't think it's a good thing. Yeah. You know, it will be interesting to see how this all plays out. One last question for you. Oh, I don't, I don't trust Zuck either, by the way, at all. So <laughs> yeah. clear. <laughs> yeah. So do you think this will benefit our actual built world? Yeah, I think it can. I think because of like the world that we live in from an architectural standpoint, like a living scenario, mm-hmm. even where people created those programs where you can like walk a house, you know, yeah. instead of just looking at a floor plan and stuff. I think there's a lot of merit to that. Yeah. And I think in the right application and zone for people that can't, you know, like you can or I can, and it's a very small percentage can, can literally just like walk the house in their head. Mm-hmm. They need to be able to do that. So I think programs to this effect could be very useful mm-hmm. in a lot of those types of things to where you, you all hop in a room and it's like, look, we're going to throw some, we talked to somebody else about this a couple of years ago too, where they like did the room. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, one, uh, I think it was one-to-one. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it made sense because, you know, how, how easy to walk a framed house. You know what I mean? Make the moves before it's framed and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, to be able to have an architect come to a meeting with a builder and be like, here's my house. Let's walk it together. What do you like? What do you dislike? No waste in product. No waste in time. You know what I mean? All those kind of things. It could be huge cost savers. So I think in, in, that, in that situation, for that type of purpose, I think that's fantastic, right? It yeah. totally has a place. Yeah. Um, just leave it there. Don't move it into the society part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that was one to one displays uh, there in Melbourne, Melbourne. Yeah, you're right. 
in Australia. Right. Yeah, they, they're not doing anything right now because they're locked down in their houses. And if they go anywhere, they get held at gunpoint. So, uh. <laughs> uh, it looks like they were actually still going, and they launched their virtual reality uh, program where you yeah. can download the software. Yeah. And so we were uh, talking about like on an iPad and all that kind of stuff too. I think. Yeah. 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 I think that's pretty cool. S- so uh we're up against it now but uh thank you for joining me again jason thank you to the listeners for listening and we will talk again on thursday thanks thanks again for listening don't forget to check out our sponsors by checking them out and supporting them you help us keep this show going thank you to twin motion for their support of this podcast episode don't forget to visit twinmotion.link slash spaces today and try Twinmotion for free. Spaces is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. If you enjoy our show, you can support us in three simple ways for free. You can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app if it allows you to. Tell a friend and follow us on social media. Thanks for spending time with us. Talk soon. Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders. Get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise. From 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.